0: Manchester City 2, Paris Saint-Germain nil. We have our first finalist decided in this year's UEFA Champions League and Pep Guardiola is back on the big stage for the first time in a decade. We will dissect that in detail in today's Matchday edition of the Pod and look ahead to Thursday morning when Chelsea take on Real Madrid in a delicately poised second semi-final. So much to discuss, let's get straight into it. So Manchester City, they're through, they're into the final, their first European final of any sort in 51 years since the 1970 Cup Winners' Cup and, geez, they did it in some style and effort against Paris Saint-Germain this morning. David Winner with you once again, joined by John Aloisi, Michael Bridges, Thomas Sorensen. Manchester City through. Thomas, I'll go to you first because you've backed them all the way. What did you make of today's emphatic triumph? I think over the, the two legs, um, you know, it, it was
1: tighter than, you know, people make out. You know, you hear the, co- the commentator this morning saying they totally outclassed PSG. I think certain as- aspects they did, they were very efficient, uh, you know, punishing small mistakes. You look at the goals, um, really counter-attacks today. Great first goal from, you know, through Edison's distribution. Uh, and and then defensively, tactically, how they shot PSG down from from really creating chances um, and, and create you know just you know Icardi you know no space Neymar no space and um, blocks and I think they had fifteen blocks of so Diaz and Stones did did a fantastic job and I think it was just professional where PSG fell apart.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I actually think that um, Man City really showed why they're so good. And that was because defensively they are awesome. You know, we all know about the players that they got going forward and how they play going forward and how they can score goals, create chances. But over these two ties, they kept Mbappe quiet in the first tie. And the second one, Icardi looked like he wasn't even out there. Um, Neymar, and I have to give it to you, Bridgie, you called it last week. I was backing Neymar, but this morning he was disappointing. But give credit to Manchester City and Pep Guardiola because they closed the space. And whenever they did find that space or they got into the final third, their defensive efforts and their blocks were unbelievable.
2: Absolutely superb. Thomas nailed it professional. It was professional, disciplined, organised. And the moment that I loved in the whole game was the defensive of City. Walker was narrow alongside Stones and Diaz, as was Zinchenko. The very rarely did they go out wide to engage the, the wingers of um, PSG. Who was doing the work with it? it? was Foden on the left side and it was Marez on the right side. And at one moment in the game, it looked like they had a back back six. And I remember Marez playing for Leicester when they won the title. They had a very similar style on Ranieri and he worked his socks off. That was organised and disciplined. And then on the counter-attack and the transition, who was up there doing it? Foden and Marez. Absolutely superb. Loved it.
0: How about this playing against paris Man? 54 duels won by City, 22 tackles made, eight blocks Zero shots on target face. Now Pep talked before the game about his team would have to suffer. You know what? They suffered in control. That was just their sort of, I felt like today was that coming together of everything. That was them at the next level of this is Manchester City in control of everything they want to do in every facet.
3: And Pep's getting it right in his team selections. You know, we spoke about it before the game. Everyone was, well, not everyone, but we questioning a little bit why Fernandinho's starting. Pep made a <laughs> bit of a joke and saying, oh, because it's his birthday, I'm giving him a birthday present. I, I don't know why I started. I don't know. Yeah, you he did. He knows exactly yeah. why he started Look, I, I'll go as far as to say, and just knowing how these top managers, how they analyse, and and sometimes, you know, we, we talk about over-analyzing. But um, I remember spending a week at bar Barcelona, Luis Enrique would get his analysts to write up a report about the weather, about the pitch conditions, about the travel, but also about the referees. Does a referee like play to go on? Um, is he quick to get out the yellow card? You know What's he like as a referee? And there'll be a written report about it. I wouldn't put it past Guardiola. Having that idea about this referee, knowing Fernandinho was in there to break up a lot of play. Those niggly fouls, I think it was about seven fouls this morning. Didn't get a yellow card, Bridgie. Yeah, agree. Very clever player when he breaks down play. I don't know how
2: he gets away with so many fouls and so many free kicks and doesn't get booked. And I think the the um, he's, he's very clever at the way he can... The gamesmanship of winding other mm. players up as well, because Verratti got frustrated with him, and it was Di Maria that snapped on the sideline and kicked out at him. Fernandinho wins the day, and yet again we saw Paris Saint-Germain crumble, throw the toys out the pram in two games, by the way, and lost it around about the same time mm. in the last game. And Pochettino has got to wipe that out, because that that's not good enough. That is going to cost you as a coach all day long when you've got players
0: that are going to do that. It's not right. So while you're mentioning that, let's go with that theme. And since we've uh, come off the post-game show, we've seen the comments from Marco Verratti and Ander Herrera. Uh, Verratti, the referee told me, F you, twice. If I do that, I get a 10-match ban. Herrera, the referee told Paredes to F off. It's incredible. Now, <laughs> I mean, Thomas, whether or not that happened or not, the post-match histrionics, the carry-on on the field, it is an indictment on... The temperament of these elite players, which in the end saw Di Maria well leave Manchester early once again. We've done that before, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, in, in my view, it, it's a little bit sore loser. Obviously, uh, referees at times get um, caught up in, in in the moment as well, and um, you know probably say the the wrong thing. But 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 it all boils over to to their frustration. Um, you know, I think for for two games they they lost it, uh, lost shape, lost. Uh, you know their composure, uh, and you can just see there was a there was a shot of, of Pochettino on the bench, and you can just he was just you know head in his hands and and just shaking his his head, and you know the, you can't have that happen at the biggest stage with with players that are that experienced, um, because it, you know they threw away maybe forty minutes of a two-legged tie because they were playing with ten men. You can't afford that against a, a team like uh, Manchester City,
2: and it was all. Almost like you've thrown in the white towel in boxing where it comes in. The opposition see them get frustrated and angry going, we've won this game. I look at the comeback at Liverpool against Barca. They never threw the towel in. I look at the comeback from Spurs against Ajax. They never threw the towel in. Thomas has nailed it there. This team threw the gauntlet in and threw the towel in. For their fans, for their manager and everything, it was very, very disappointing to watch. And that is world-class players, by the way, we're talking about. And it it wasn't an individual, it was a collective. They all lost their head and it's it's a
3: shambles. I can understand them getting frustrated about the referee in certain decisions if he did say those things to the, the players, but it's not the right time to bring it up. You know what? When you lose, lose with some grace. Mm. And 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 PSG haven't done that. And they had they haven't done that in the past as well. And so Pochettino's got a big job on his hands to actually, you know, make sure he gets the culture right there because the culture is just as important. If you want to go all the way, and you want to win the Champions League, you need to get that right, and uh, and you saw, and, and it wasn't just the red cards, it was some of the challenges, and the, and Verratti lost his, he, he saw the red mist there for mm. about 15 minutes, but Verratti was superb this morning, so, you know, it, it's a, it's a pity that that was happening to all their players.
2: I'll, I'll tell you what, mind if the players are right in what they have said, the referee has said to them, as a player... I think that is completely wrong because if any of us three were playing the game and we told the referee to F off, we are red carded. Mm.
3: So I don't see how it's... Have you ever had that said to you, a referee say something to (laughs) you, (laughs) Bridgie? Someone's fishing (laughs) you. (laughs) I've got to go
1: back to Have you got a story of that, Bridgie? I've
2: got a story, yeah. Jacob Burns was playing for Barnsley and I was playing for Sunderland um, in the latter stages of our career. And there was a guy refereeing called Mark Clattenberg. Now, Mark Clattenburg is from the north of the River Tyne, which is Newcastle. Newcastle fan should never have been refereeing a Sunderland game. And me and Burnsy had a little bit of a scuffle and a fight in the middle of the field. Burnsy, as he does, you know what he's like. He's a pest to play against. He ripped my shirt. I turned to Mark Clattenburg and said, are you kidding? Are you not going to give me a yellow card or do something about this? And his words to me on the field were, you're getting nothing off me today, you effing Macam, Because... I'm Newcastle and I'm giving you nothing. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, you can't say that to me. He said, I just did. What does "macam" mean? So "macam" is a derogatory term for a Sunderland fan or a Sunderland player. It's the Geordie and the macam, And um, it just I couldn't believe what he'd said in the middle of the field. And I'm thinking, this is so wrong. I was going to report him after the game. And the lad's like, you're going to get nowhere. Um, there was nobody heard it. There was no
0: referee. And I said, Burnsy heard it, but Burnsy laughed. But that's the thing. You know you're not going to win that fight with the referee on the field. No chance. And that's what under undermined Paris Saint-Germain today. Big players, pros in the biggest moment, you can lose. You can lose your mentality, and that costs them.
1: Yeah, and I think you look at those two teams. Like you, Paris Saint-Germain looked like a team of prima donnas, you know, who who were always used to to get in their own way, and suddenly, you know, they meet a bit of resistance, and then you know they, they throw in the towel, like Bridgie said. And um, you know Manchester City just looked like professionals, like a team. Um, you know, unfazed mm. uh, and that was
0: the difference. You just We're going to go back a few minutes, John, you appreciated my Demaria gag there. Got lost on everyone else. No, but I did. You know, no, I like Bit, that. bit of subtle yeah, nerdy yeah, humor he doesn't there. doesn't like Manchester, nah, does he? No, nah, left, left, uh, left early for the second time in his career so there you go. Boom, boom. Ooh. Not a good joke if you have to clarify <laughs> it five minutes later but there you go. I'll just make sure that I do do that. <laughs> Don't forget, we've been on there since 4.30. <laughs>
3: There's a few tired minds here.
0: <laughs> just rewind a little bit. Um, Thomas Edison, that pass, so I, uh, courtesy of Opta, the, the stats gurus, that's his, well, that wasn't an assist, but he actually has three direct assists for Manchester City since his move there in the uh, Premier League and Champions League. Whilst today wasn't an assist, it was just a moment that summed up that no matter which way you come and box it, Manchester City, they've got another move, don't they? Yeah, and, and
1: it's not a coincidence, you know, he's it, it, just a epitomises the the modern keeper. He's he's obviously a good goalkeeper, good technically. He's a match winner at times, how many saves he's made, but but have the distribution as well. And and, and, honestly, I'm in awe. I know how difficult it is to strike a ball that far with that amount of power and precision. Um, you know, one thing is to see it. You know, I, I've been in games and I've seen that many times, but <laughs> I've just not been able to deliver that ball. And, and uh, In the snow too. Yeah, and, and the, the, the small backlift he has. Mm. You know, I think Johnny touched on it on the show. You know, he could go short. You can't really see it. And I think that's what catches the defenders out. They're probably not used to seeing it in, in France. And you could see Chinchenko, he had his arm up. You know, he was ready. The run was timed perfectly and, and it was delivered on a civil platter. How dare you underdo yourself, Tommy? Can you remember no, the
2: 1998-99 season? Goodison Park... Yes,
1: I remember, Sunderland but, but I'll tell Everton. you, there was one big difference. <laughs> I just closed my eyes.
2: <laughs> I was just about to say, there was a big difference, right? Edison and Zinchenko were on the same wavelength. Zinchenko made the run, Edison played the ball. The difference when Tommy gave me an assist from one end of the field to the other, I saw Tommy close his eyes, put his head down and go to hoof it. And I, I read the situation and got in and Tommy got me an assist. That, there you go. That's the
3: difference, Bridgie. You read the situation. Most defenders should read that situation because, like Saying about Edison, it's different when you're winding up, like you might have been trying to. Oh, you was John. Well. <laughs> I would
1: have run back and team. <laughs> full run up.
3: <laughs> but with with Edison, it, it's a small back lift. It's I I wouldn't say he gives the eyes, but it you don't know where he's going to play that ball because uh, it, he doesn't really. His shape isn't going I'm going long or I'm going short. He just he's got that knack of being able to just clip a ball in, and uh, and it's so hard to read as as a, a player out there. You try to anticipate when a player is going to pass the ball, how they're going to pass it. Are they going to pass it short? Can can I get on my front foot? And the thing is, Florenzi was on this front foot, trying to anticipate where he was going to play the ball, and the ball went up oh, over his head, and game over.
0: Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. That's one aspect of it. The other is the defensive. We've spoken about it in in theory, but Ruben Diaz, um, Bridgie, as John alluded to on the show, is still recovering from uh, Diaz walking off the field looking like a hard piece of marble. But I tell you what. (laughs) Like Adonis. Adonis. But he is a beast. And he has transformed Manchester City and been a key part of taking them back to the very top. 27 clean sheets when he's been involved this season. Outrageous, pe- outrageous contribution.
2: Absolutely magnificent. And I think that's been Pep's issue. He's never known who his best partnership was defensively. They've never really filled the void of Vincent Company, and I'll tell you what they have now. They've got a, a lot of leaders out there, but they've got players that are willing to put their bodies on the line. And the amount of blocks we were talking about with Diaz, Stone's, in Zinchenko, there was one moment where the three of them cuddled each other inside the box. They Brilliant. celebrated like they'd won the Champions League final because they knew how much that meant to them as a team. And that the confidence that spreads throughout a team, when a manager and players see that and a goalkeeper, you're
1: just delighted. Yeah, and how, how has it elevated the game of, of Stones? Because he, you know, he's been up and down under a lot of criticism, obviously injured uh, for, for a fair bit of time as well. You know he's he's taken that and you know that step to to another level and uh, I think Diaz plays a big part it's just that confidence and understanding you could see them they were they're on the same page and, and that makes a massive difference
3: and that's what they missed last season. You know, that's why they didn't get through against Leon when they played him last season in the Champions League quarters. That's why they didn't really um, compete last season in the Premier League because they missed someone like Vincent Company. Not only uh, his defensive qualities, but his leadership out there, his coaching. And they did say that Diaz has got that ability to coach around him. And that's why Stones has actually come of age, because he's, he's coaching him. He's telling him where he wants to be or where he needs to be. And he's leading by example with the way he S- defends. Stone Diaz has got
2: Stones back into Gareth Southgate's Euro Select. That's would starting. you rather...
3: Starting 11, I would say. Yeah, all day long. Would you rather... Diaz or Van Dijk. Oh... Off of Van Dyke's uh, knee reconstruction, I'd go with Diaz. But uh, look, Van Dyke at his best when he was at his best. You know, both of them are top top quality. You, you can't choose between them because they they both bring a lot to their team. And I haven't been fortunate enough yet to watch Diaz live. I was with Van Dyke with Liverpool against Barcelona in both games, and his coaching ability uh, was phenomenal. And he very rarely gets beat in one v one. I've got an answer for that, Dave. It's what
2: the referee said to um, the boys of Paris Saint Germain. Bleep off. <laughs> that take was a very that. annoying hypothetical. I know. I'll I just take, wanted to use the button. Come I'll on. Take either, mate. I don't care.
3: <laughs> very good. I'll um, take Barese. <laughs> oh, no one remembers Barese here. I'll deal it. That's like I'll with, be, hang on. on. <laughs> with, that, that's like Franco. You. That's your favourite pl- that's your favourite player, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, old, or hardest one defender off. ever played yeah. against. But um, hang on, how old are you? Yeah, well I played against Baresi. From uh, the, the national team? No, not from the national team. When I was uh, in uh, Serie A with Criminese, we played against Ace of Milan and Beresi was playing at the back and he was phenomenal. But um How do you keep your looks? Why? Well, if you you must be sixty-five, <laughs> hey, it's not I a beauty was, program, Bridget. Uh, Sorry, man. I Come was a, I was about to say <laughs> beauty tips. We, we, we at the at the top of the show, you you spoke about nineteen seventy was the last mm. time they were in a, in a cup final. It was a cup winners' cup mm. final, mm. Mm. Manchester City. I think Swartzie was the only one that was alive back then watching that game. I think he was actually ball boy maybe at that game. <laughs> and it shows.
0: It's that time of the year. Very good. Now, you speak about 1970 and the time that uh, it has taken. Pep Guardiola has finally, a decade later, he's finally back in the final. You know, you mentioned before about the improvement that that, uh, Stones has made. Mares the improvement. Walker, the improvement. Foden, the evolution. 14 goals, 10 assists this season. Unbelievable. With Pep Guardiola, the puppet master. I'd like to talk a little bit more about his involvement, what he's done this season. Not only getting them finally to that final, He's going to win the league after being eighth when this year started. I'd like to go around the room and just get your thoughts on what this moment in time means for Pep Guardiola personally and what he's bringing to his overall football legacy.
1: No, he's definitely up there with with the absolute bests uh, for sure. Of uh, all time? Yeah, I think so. You know, uh, what he's achieved at different clubs and... You know, he, he's had, uh, you know, he's had his his bad times at, at Man City as well. We, we, we shouldn't forget. Um, but, uh, and, and earlier, way early when they lost uh, to Leicester 5-2 and won't have the draw against West Brom. So there, there were times where he was questioned as well. But but how he stuck to his guns and evolved as well and how, how he's, you know, built the team. And you can just see today, I think that's the, the culmination of, of years of work, of structure, you know, discipline, you know, just the whole thing um and uh, i think that's that's what won them this tie because it, it you know P- P- psg was not out of it they they, they played decent mm. but it was the, the margins were were you know i think you can credit him for that
3: so he had um, someone like uh, Johan Cruyff, obviously, that um, you know he learned a lot off of, and, and a lot of his coaching philosophy is about what Johan Cruyff was doing uh, back in the day at Barcelona. But um, Guardiola already had thoughts about coaching towards the end of his career, because right at the end of his career, he went to Italy to play for Brescia. He didn't need to go to Italy. He could have gone anywhere, um, but he wanted to learn the defensive aspect of the game, because really with Cruyff, it was all about attacking, it was about open football, it was about we'll score more goals than you, we don't care how many we concede, we'll score more goals. And then after that he went to Mexico to play under Lillo, his assistant coach, because he heard so many good things about him as a manager and how he thinks outside the box. So this is years of work. He, He We all question coaches because sometimes, you know, coaches will make mistakes and get it wrong. But he's won the title in Spain a number of times. He won the Champions League with Barcelona, goes to Germany and gets some performing... At a higher level than they ever have, winning the title on a number of occasions. And now, with City's going to win three Premier League titles out of four seasons, four Carabao Cups, um, now Champions League title. He has to go down in history as one of the best managers of all time. It's incredible what, what he's been able to do.
2: I was trying to think about some negatives <laughs> to put on the spin. I think the only few I can think, he overthinks things on occasions. And the other one, he upsets that's somebody. That's why he's so good as He well. upset somebody at Bayern Munich and Muller-Wolfhart, the doctor who had been there for years. They didn't get on. As soon as Pep went, he was back involved at Bayern Munich. Apart from that, honestly, Mandy, the knowledge that Johnny talks about there, the the um, way he goes and educates himself to try and develop and evolve with the game, whereas others don't. Jose Mourinho. Um, Ooh, I think it's a Big call. Got another I mean, job. Roma's, right? yeah, right? the Roma is Jose Mourinho. Can you imagine Smalling but, sending oh, oh. a message around in the Roma WhatsApp saying, oh God, look what we've got coming.
3: <laughs> anyway, moving on. I've got something to get you excited, Bridgie. Come on then. Barcelona, when he was there, they won the Euro World Cup. Spain did with uh, some Barcelona I know where players. You, I know where you're when going. he went to Bayern Munich, Germany ended up winning the World Cup. Can England win the Euro now that uh, Guardiola's done it that city? I
2: love what you're saying, John. I said this during the World Cup as well. We, you know, It's coming home. It didn't. So I'm hoping this is the moment, but I've got my money on France.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> but I love what you, I, I do hear what you're saying. It's he a inc- great theory, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just going to dismiss it. He <laughs> increases the level all round, and the good thing, he's got English players in stone, Walker, Foden, playing magnificent. Have I missed anybody there? Yes. Well,
0: Sterling's in there. Sterling Sterling, well. yeah. Maybe he's Man. challenged him and it has gone the wrong way, but it's he's got an influence on this team. Do you know the other thing that I've got to say about Manchester City?
2: There's a lot of players that started the season, that match that you mentioned, Tommy, 5-2 defeat against Leicester. Aki and Garcia were the two centre-halves. Sterling was in and he had a cracking start this season. A few of the players that have kind of levelled off, De Bruyne had a, obviously an injury. It's almost like the back end of the season, Foden has taken his chance. Morris has come come mm. of age, and the time and the shift in dynamics, the players have been absolutely marvellous. Fernandinho in for Rodri.
3: But oh, that's, that's what happens when you've got such a deep squad that's and, what I mean. and so much quality and and you still have to manage those egos yeah. as well and, and he the, does that really well and do you not
2: think Liverpool have yeah. struggled with that because yeah. they haven't had to be able to change as many players because of the lack of squad depth yeah 100% it,
0: everyone will say that or, or the cynics or and rightly so will say they've obviously got the money it's an important caveat to add but Pepco Go to Guardiola has to manage that dressing room, and the fact is, uh, I mentioned it on the couch. The elite players that he's actually improved, you can see. You can see he's teaching these elite players to go to another level. And there was a great column this week by Philip Lahm in one of the English papers, and he talked about how he's never worked for a manager with the energy, who challenges his players day in, day out, makes them think almost like a chess coach, and some will rise. Maybe some like Sterling this year have have suffered a little bit, but those who rise to the challenge go to another level. So um, we'll be having... This discussion will go to another level itself if they win in a couple of weeks' time, and he claims the Champions League finally again after 10 years. But before we move on, Paris Saint-Germain, another one that got away from them. You can't say they bottled it, even though they're temperament, because they were beaten by a better side on the day. But we do have to ask what happens next. Already the club's been asked about it straight away, because this is a big off-season for them. Kylian Mbappe was missing today. That's a big deal this occasion, but his future is going to be a big part of the the summer transfer talk. There's no question about that, particularly if he has a hot Euros. For sure. Um, And there's a lot of teams around Europe,
1: big teams that are looking for strikers. Um, You know, so some of them will be on the move. um, And I think it all boils down to what does he want to do? Uh, Same with Neymar. I think they're such big players. They can make a power move. They can get out of there if if they want to. You know, it's going to be a power struggle um, if he... You know, if he decides the you know that the future is somewhere else, uh, and and you know PSG knows that you know potentially their sort of long term future hinges on him staying because that's where the team will be built around. So it's going to be must watch TV. I think yeah. what happens in in Paris.
3: Oh, look, oh, Bridgie, you got something to say? I was going to throw a question. You're yeah. talking about Mbappe. Does Neymar stay? And does a stay? They could have a front three clean out. Look, I still think they need another number nine. Oh, and yeah. I, I know we were joking about it uh, on air or off air about uh, Pochettino just giving a tap on the shoulder to Aguero, we like when he went on.
2: that interesting. Yeah. Or, he got up off the bench to give him a... a yeah,
3: like you know, see, yeah. see you next season. It yeah. makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, look, there's that Argentinian factor as well. And uh, But, you know, I, I actually think that they... Mbappe, as good as he is... He's not an out-and-out out number nine. He can play up there, of course, because he's, he's got so much quality. I like him better on the left. I like Neymar better as that 10 that's floating around and finding space in between the lines. And I still think you need an out-and-out out striker. Now, Icardi showed today he's not at that next level. Um, and, you know, Akeen, look, he's a decent player in the French League, but I still think they need that world-class number nine. And
0: Aguero, when fit, is one of the best. That's an interesting shout, interesting shout. So we will see Thursday morning, Australian time, who are they going to play in the final? Is it going to be Chelsea or is it going to be Real Madrid? Um, this won't be a three-all barn burner, you wouldn't think, because uh, we know Chelsea's record with the clean sheets under Thomas Tuchel. And Zidane's team, we haven't lost in three months, they don't concede more than one goal a game. They haven't conceded more than one goal a game in three months. So how do we split these two teams tomorrow?
1: It'd be interesting to see because Varane is out, uh, Carvajal is out. Does Ramos come back in? You know he's a talisman. You know how fit is he? Is he match fit for for this sort of game at, at this level? And does it? You know the Werner missed chance. Does that come back and rue? You know the you know Chelsea that half an hour they had early in the game where they totally dominated. So I think there's some storylines there, but it's going to be a tight affair. Kante's going to shut everything down like he did. Uh, You know, he's just going to, you know, again, go on, uh, you know, that machine that he is. Um, And, you know, again, Benzema, uh, you know, can he make a difference? You know, I think it's going to be down to, you know, a couple of moments, you know, who... Can step up at the right time.
3: It's also will Real Madrid go back to a back four mm-hmm. or will they play their back three? Um, if they do, you'd think Ramos would then start uh, because uh, you know they've got Nacho and uh, Militao, who's been. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's been phenomenal, especially the last couple of months. He's really stepped up. Again, he scored on the weekend against Osasuna, so uh, that that's an interesting aspect of it. You know, tactically, how is he going to go? Um, and then he needs Vinicius to fire. Benzema, you think they would lead the line well and, and still find his chances? But you're right, it's going to be so close. There's not going to be much in it. And and really, Real Madrid just need to be solid defensively, and just get that that little break of theirs and and get that goal and and, you know 1-0 will take them through
2: I feel the upper hand is with the experience and knowledge of this competition under Zidane and under the players that have been there and won it before for Real Madrid I think that's where they're going to get one over Tuchel and Chelsea. And sorry, Dave, I hope they do because I would like to see Real Madrid against Man City. I don't want to see another Premier League final in the Champions League. We see that in the Champions League. Uh, sorry, in the Premier League, we've seen it. And I want to see something different. I want to see two countries come up against each other
3: in Real Madrid yeah, and The City. only thing is there that Zidane still hasn't got one over Tuchel. Five
0: games, he hasn't beaten him once. Is that right? Yeah. But he's so. never been knocked out in a semi-final. So the, the storylines <laughs> <Yeah>. are immense. <laughs> oh. The storylines are immense. And you know what? I, I get what you're saying. Putting my neutral hat on bridge as well. Because imagine the old power of Madrid in their 17th final against the big spending upstart to Manchester City against them it would be the perfect perfect talking but point but I don't want
2: Real Madrid to win the final if they do get through because I don't want Perez to get any satisfaction because he has acted like an absolute clown through all of this and uh, what yeah what he's done to to get everybody and galvanise them and start that Super League talk and we've seen how much it's disrupted the English um, fans in the honors yeah, not not a, not a big fan of his at this moment.
0: No, I agree with that. But well, one other thing we didn't talk about: wouldn't it be funny if uh, Marcelo can't gets called back to Madrid because he's got to be the polling station at the election? What's he's been well,
3: well. They're saying that he's there and he'll arrive the day of the game. Yeah. So I don't think he'll start the game. I think they'll probably start with Mendy uh, at left back. Uh, so yeah, Marcelo will probably be out.
2: Sorry, is this politics in football or is this just genuine no, politics? No, his,
0: his actual, um, just like jury duty here in Australia, he has been called up to be an election station polling marshal. Wow. And on the day, you but, can't get out But, of he's, that. but he's on standby. He's yeah. on standby. Imagine if number one's like a Barcelona fan or something decides to pull out on the day. Marcelo has to go back and do it. It's about time. He got a bit of reality check sitting on the bench. <laughs> I would have thought Madrid has the power strings to pull that apart and make it the way, but they don't. No, they don't. I, I, he-
3: I think everyone's upset with Florentino Perez in, in Spain. Probably true.
0: <laughs> Rightio, Eo then give us an answer. Who do Manchester City play? And a chance to revise your tip today as well. You get the chance tomorrow too, probably, but early call. Chelsea.
3: I still think Chelsea have enough to go through. I think Real Madrid are running out of gas. They're running out of legs in terms of they have had one of the worst injury hit seasons of their their history. history. Yeah, so look, Zidane, give credit to him. I still think they're just going to come up short. It'll be very close. And I think it'll be a Manchester City-Chelsea final.
0: You're, and you, if, you want, if you want to stick your necks out for an early winner of the final two, oh, feel free. I,
3: yeah, no, that's sticking your neck I, out too far
2: I there. would never <laughs> go against John Aloisi because John, before we went into this game today, called Manchester City and said no doubt about it. He really put himself out there to get assassinated and shot down. But I'll tell you what, he, he backed it. So I'm going to go against him. I'm not saying Chelsea. I'm going against you. I'm putting my Ooh. neck on the line here. Real Madrid to
3: beat Chelsea and Hazard will come off Ooh, the bench and really? get the winner. That that's another one. Hazard started on the weekend and did well. Uh, the it, it first glimpses of him coming good again. So uh, S- still uh,
2: looked uh, a little bit oblong shaped.
3: <laughs> yeah, he looks a bit heavy, doesn't yeah. he? Uh, what S- he? S- <laughs> says me,
2: nice and
1: lean <laughs> since retirement. Uh, you know, there's there's a difference between playing a, a mid-table team in 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 Spain compared to playing Chelsea True. in a semifinal. So. Uh, you know, I question if if he's the right man to at least start. You know, you you would think they could come on and have an impact. But I again, I, I I'm with you, John. I think Chelsea, they're, they're going to make it very hard for Real Madrid to to create chances, and and, and they're going to ask questions of that makeshift back line. I think Varane and you know if Ramos plays, uh, you know they'll they'll challenge them. Did uh, you say makeshift or make shit? <laughs> <laughs> it you know, didn't what, what, sound very convincing. <laughs> no. Um, you know, you, you make your They're, mind up what I did say. But their
3: back um, line very, is, very clever. Their back line is actually good. Real Madrid's back line is good. And, and look, you can't go past their midfield as well and Casemiro. Mm. Oh, they uh, got a good team. Yeah, they, they've got a good side. Look, it, it's a tough one to pick because I think it's much more balanced. Um, this tie, 1-1, one, one, because you just need that one goal to take you through.
0: Timo Werner with the match winner. It would be nice for his confidence.
3: I, I, look, I know what everyone's saying, that he's, he's double figures and he's double figures. So he's got 10-plus uh, goals, 10-plus assists. But in terms of how many chances he's missed, how many goals could have he had, and when you come up in these sort of games where chances, uh, you know, you don't really create that many against the Real Madrid, you have to take them. Just just put them away, because or else it will come back to haunt mm-hmm. you. Will
0: that... Goal that he missed in Madrid, come back to Haunton. We will learn plenty more Thursday morning. Please join us. The guys will be on deck from 4.30am Australian Eastern Standard Time. Post-game show all the way through with another match day edition of the Gagging Pod. Anything you could possibly want out of the UEFA Champions League will be on the Sport platform and socials and podcast platforms through the week. Gents, had a blast today. Thanks so much for your company as ever. Have a great Arvo and we'll do it all again tomorrow.
3: Thanks. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.
0: Good Thanks. stuff. I'll oh, see you at lunch, by the way.
3: Oh yes. Gonna go for a nice Italians. Italians <laughs> or Italian
2: <laughs> So we're we going to two restaurants this year? Okay. I can't wait for that.
1: Doing a doing a a restaurant crawl this after What a way to end the show.
0: <laughs> thank you, boys. You guys need a break. You need a guys need to go to your lunch at what? Hang on. It's eight thirty, you're thinking about lunch already? <laughs> Very good. To everyone that made it that far into the dribble, thank you so much for your company today and as ever, until the next Gang of Pod, enjoy your football. only from rustolium